Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Misnomer, nothing personal. Word of the day for Thursday, July 15th, 2021. A misnomer is a wrong or inaccurate name or designation. I tried to, have you ever tried to change something that you can't change because it's always been that way, except you know that the way it is is wrong, but you still feel as though changing it is right because you know something other people don't know and they know it too if you just point it out to them and then you do point it out to them. They acknowledge you're right, but they still don't change it. What is more frustrating than that? Just ask Holly Hunter in the movie Broadcast News. What's it like to always feel like you're the smartest person in the room? And she looks right in the camera and says, it's awful. I don't think I'm always the smartest person in the room by any stretch. When I'm in by myself, I'm the smartest person in the room. But a misnomer is the word of the day because today, on Thursday, July 15th, the second half of the baseball season begins. Really? I worked so hard not to have it called that in my career. I'm going to the standings right now, live. Live right now, the MLB standings. Let's see. The Mets are 47 and 40. That's 87 games. 87 times two is 174. Hmm. There's only 162 games. Wait a minute. Let's check out the Marlins. 39 and 50. That's 89. 89 times two is 178. That, there must be something wrong. How about the first place San Francisco Giants? 57 and 32. That's 89 also. The second half is always shorter than the first half in Major League Baseball. The number of games teams play in the second half, quote unquote, of the season is shorter. It's not called. It shouldn't be called the second half of the season. I always made a play. I wanted to rename it. I wanted to brand it. I wanted to actually sell the naming rights to a half of the seasons. And it's the pre all-star break and post all-star break. The pre all-star break part one of the season is brought to you by guacamole.com. The Post All-Star break part of the season is brought to you by LoanHomeDepot.org. Something just to raise money, find something else to sell. But it's just too easy for us to say first half, second half, because we say All-Star break. I guess that's the middle of the season break, but it's not. So teams have to decide very quickly after the All-Star break, because you don't have an entire half a season where you are in the season. And I spend a lot of time thinking about are we in the race? Are we not in the race? Am I being delusional? Do we have a chance to have a winning streak? What does the schedule look like? I would make a piece of paper, which like uh, I had pads. I'm showing you a nothing personal pad, but I had pads in the in baseball, Expos pads or Marlins pads. And I would do Sparky's schedule 
Sparky's schedule was when I went through a different series, different week, different month and say, here's what we have to do to be in the race, to be where we want to be at the trade deadline, which is Friday, July 30th at 1600 hours. So I want to talk about the second half of the season <laughs> brought to you by LoanHomeDepot.org. So before we can talk about the second half, I think it's important to I'm going to just keep referring it to that way. Old habits die hard, man. They just do. I mean, don't you call it the first half and the second half? But it is a misnomer. Surprises of the pre-All-Star break. I've got a top five list for those fans of Lebetard or just fans of nothing personal. I've got two top five lists. The first top five list, the top five surprises of the pre-All-Star break Major League Baseball season of 2021 brought to you by guacamole.com. Number five, the Yankees offense is offensive. We've had some bad luck with the nothing personal pick of the day with the Yankees because when I pick against the Yankees, the Yankees win. When I pick for the Yankees, the Yankees lose. The Yankees have been the bane of my nothing personal pick of the day existence. But what they've really been is the bane of your existence, fans of the Yankees. And the reason is that you are accustomed to greatness. You're accustomed to high payrolls. You're accustomed to big names. You're accustomed to the Steinbrenner way, even though George has been gone for so long. You don't quite think that Hal is going to be like George, the son who's much calmer, doesn't fire anyone for whatever reason. And you keep waiting for the snap. And the snap has to start tonight, doesn't it? Because the Yankees start to play the Red Sox and they play the Red Sox a bunch of times in the second half of the season. And you may be concerned that Garrett Cole can't spin the ball and can't spider tack. You may be wondering when Corey Kluber's coming back. That's a way to see. Coca, how many starts does Corey Kluber have? Because I'm almost positive I have a way to see about Corey Kluber not getting more than 20 starts in 2021. I think I also have a way to see about Domingo Herman not getting more than 20 starts in 2021. I think he may get that. I can't figure out if Talon is anything more than a number five or number six starter. There's a thought that Severino is coming back. Maybe yes, maybe no. But that's not even their biggest problem. I know their biggest problem. It's the fact that Chapman stinks now. That he's like a mop-up guy. Kluber's got 10 starts. I guess that's perfect, right, Coca? He's on schedule. 10 starts in the first half. 10 starts in the second half. I think he's on the 60-day DL, though. I like that way to see. So you worried about the bullpen? Britain's hurt. Chapman stinks. I'm not worried about any of that because that is a real problem. The biggest problem is the Yankees can't score runs. I don't know how it's possible. You've got DJ LeMahieu, MVP candidate last year, signs that big deal that I went crazy and got vilified by Yankee Nation. Steinbrenner used to hate. This is, can we do a side Steinbrenner story? I was once talking to George Steinbrenner and it drove him crazy. The whole Red Sox nation concept, not for any racial reason, because anytime anyone's a fan of anyone other than the Yankees around the globe, it used to bother him. He wanted to be the global brand. Forget the Cowboys, forget the Red Sox, forget the Cardinals, the Cubs, forget any of it. Forget the New York Giants. Knicks, forget it. It was just Mets. Can't even talk about the Mets were like a 
a tiny little fly on a bison that you happen to see with the greatest binoculars of all time as you're going 80 miles an hour down a highway. That's how he used to view the Mets. But the Yankees were never known as Yankees Nation. And it would really upset him. So I like to, when I would see him at owners meetings or see him at a game, whatever, I would just say, hey, how are things in Yankees Nation? <laughs> and I wouldn't do it meanly. I would just say, hey, I'm always jealous. You guys have these big payrolls. You're always winning all the time. He didn't like that. I have no idea why I was talking about Yankee. Oh, Yankee Nation, why you should be nervous. Because TJ LeMahieu, the MVP candidate last year, signed that huge deal because fans insisted. Brett Gardner, oh my God, we can't let him go. We got to bring him back for another year. We got Judge and Stanton. We traded for Odor, who, by the way, is not good. But don't worry, we're the Yankees. We're going to be fine. I got to wait to see about Giancarlo Stanton not being injured again. Supposed to be the MVP. Not sure that's going to happen. But I don't think he's going to get injured again. He will get on another hot streak. But even when he was hot, the Yankees were winning, but he can't stay hot because Stanton is hot and cold. He's hot, 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 so hot that he can carry a team. And then he gets cold, which is what all players do. But if the Yankees offense doesn't become less offensive, the Yankees are kaput. Finito. Number four surprise of the 2021 pre-All-Star break half. The NL least. Do you remember before the season? They would be the number one division. They were loaded up. You had the Mets signing everyone except Bauer. Trading for Lindor. Not getting Springer, but the Mets were good. You had the Braves, three-time champion of the NL East. You had the Nats with Corbin and Strasburg and uh, Scherzer. How's Strasburg doing since he signed that big extension with that World Series hangover? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Phillies, they fix their bullpen. Their bullpen stinks. They're leading the, the universe in blown saves. And the Marlins, playoff team. They're the playoff team, Marlins. Well, the NL East absolutely stinks. Number three, and this is going to be my only number three biggest surprise of the guacamole pre-All-Star break, Shohei Otani. I will admit that I did not think that he'd be able to perform the way he has as a DH leading the league in home runs. Shohei Otani is leading Major League Baseball with 33 home runs. I didn't think he'd have an ERA below four. I didn't think he'd start the All-Star game at pitcher. I didn't think he'd lead off the All-Star game as DH. I didn't think any of those things would happen. He is the story of baseball, as he should be. But that's only the number three surprise. How about the number two surprise? This is a good one. The Boston Red Sox. Red Sox nation's back. We know from their past, they win World Series, then they finish in last place, then they win the World Series, sort of like the Giants, they're back, they're fourth. So successful since 2004 when they broke their curse and won their first World Series with Theo, uh, the MLB guy, Theo Epstein. The Red Sox are in first place and are showing zero signs. Could it be because of Alex Cora? Quick for a dollar, who's the manager of the Boston Red Sox? Yeah, the guy with the Astros, the guy, the garbage can guy. The bench coach under A.J. Hinch, A.J. Hinch, who was suspended for a year and is now managing the Tigers, who are having a good year, better year. Their rebuild is sort of happening, even though it's hard to win with Miguel Cabrera on your team, making $30 million. Love you, Miggy, but just hard. Alex Cora suspended for a year as the bench coach of the Astros in 17. He was the manager of the Red Sox. He got fired by the Red Sox. And then guess what? He got rehired by the Red Sox. The Red Sox had a terrible year last year under... 
Oh, heavenly heaven. Today's Thursday. I can picture the manager. I want to say Ron Renicky, but I don't think that's right. But it could be managed the team last year. And then he was let go after giving an extension. And then guess what? They brought back Alex Cora and now the Red Sox are in first place. Hurry up. Name their rotation. Yes, you're right. They have Mookie Betts starting in their outfield. Best player in baseball. Yes, Roger Clemens is in their rotation. Big Poppy is hitting cleanup. That team has J.D. Martinez, all-star, who I thought was finished. What the hell do I know? I just work here. Red Sox in first place. Should we talk about the big surprise that not one Astro showed up to the all-star game? Did that annoy you or did it make you happy? Did you want to boo Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley? He wasn't even on the 17 Astros. Ryan Presley skipped the All-Star game for maternity paternity leave. Do you really think the Astros didn't show up to the All-Star game because they didn't want to get booed or because MLB said to them, good conspiracy theory that's out there, MLB said, don't come because then people are going to talk about sign stealing and the garbage can. So come next year if you make it. No, because what happens when the Astros make it next year? Do you think that Rob Manfred is so absolutely out of it and out of touch? Don't answer that. That he thinks that by next year, when the Astros show up, or if the Astros are in the World Series, that there's not going to be talk about sign stealing and garbage cans and buzzers. Oh, my. Of course there will be. Just come. Oh, I want to spend time with my family. Oh, I need to rest up for the second half. Is it a coincidence that not one Astro, not one Astro showed up for the All-Star game? No, it's not. That's not even on my top five list of surprises. My number one surprise of the first part of the Major League season sponsored by guacamole.org. Are you looking at the NL West? If you are a baseball fan or not a baseball fan, you've heard of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Before the season started, you were told the Los Angeles Dodgers would win 174 games this year. Best ever. That would be the best ever in Major League Baseball history. There was a 40% chance they were not going to lose a game. There was a 25% chance they were not going to be outscored in any particular inning. There was a 10% chance they'd have five 20 game winners, three MVPs, two Cy Young Award winners, and Inigo Montoyo throwing out the first pitch every game. That's what was supposed to happen when the season was starting. Well, guess what? It's not the case. The San Francisco Giants are still in first place. Hurry up. Name the Giants. Yes, Buster Posey. He won World Series with them. Brandon Crawford. He's still on the team. Brandon Belt. Yes. Johnny Cueto, 67 years old. Yes. Kevin Gausman, Cy Young candidate in the National League. He's been incredible. Incredible. Their whole team. Who's their closer? Hurry up. Mark Melanson? No, he's on the Padres now. Armando Benitez. Was that in your face, Coca? No, not Armando Benitez. They are putting it together. And guess who their manager is? Gabe Kapler, the guy who couldn't make it in Philly. He was run out of Philly because he was so analytic. He had no feel for the game. He joins an unbelievable front office from the Giants who come from the Dodgers, might I add. And they're not going anywhere. Although Buster Posey has to get healthy. But I don't think they're going anywhere. 
Is it possible the Dodgers will not win the NL West? If they don't win the NL West, it will be the biggest upset in the last 10 years, maybe more. That's my number one surprise. All right. Top five list time. Second top five list. What are we looking for in the second half? I got my top five second half predictions brought to you by LoanHomeDepotPark.com. Net. Number five, the National League West will send three teams to the playoffs. Padres, Dodgers, Giants. One of them is going to win the division. Two of them are going to win the wild card. I'm sorry to the NL East. You've got the division winner. That's it. I'm sorry, NL Central. You've got the division winner. That's it. Remember, no expanded playoffs. Can you imagine a wild card game right now between the Dodgers and the Padres with one of those teams being extinguished after one game? Yippee! That's a must-see game, right? God, I wish they'd expanded playoffs. Number four. All right, Mets fans, are you ready? Jacob DeGrom. Do you think Jacob DeGrom is going to have the best season of any pitcher in Major League history of all time? Jacob DeGrom is trying to beat Bob Gibson's ERA. Bob Gibson, if you don't know who he is, please go watch tape. Bob Gibson had a season where he had an ERA at the end of the season of 1.12. Coca, how many innings did Bob Gibson pitch when he had an ERA of 1.12? I can't remember the year. I want to say it was 1968, but that's the year I was born. So maybe that's why it's in my head. But Gibson had a season of 1.12. Here's my second half prediction of the second part of the Major League Baseball season. Jacob DeGrom will not beat Gibson's mark of 1.12. He's right now about 1.09. It is impossible that his ERA will rise only 0.03 in the second half. However, he will win the Cy Young. He pit no way, Coca. Is that really true? Louder. I can't hear you. Hello. 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 Bob Gibson pitched 304 innings the year he had a 1.12 ERA. He went 22 and 9. That's okay, but 304 innings? What year was that? That's impossible. Pitchers used to pitch. God, we baby them. It was 68. Why? Do you know I have the worst memory? All I remember are bad things from, let's say, childhood and adulthood. I just have that a weird thing where bad things are in my head more. And for whatever reason, my memory is such that I have these random facts in my head, baseball related. It's very frustrating to family and friends. But for me to know that Bob Gibson had a 1.12 in 1968 is not necessary when I could GTS. Side note, he had 28 complete games that year. Oh, it's a different era, David. Oh, don't compare Jacob DeGrom to Bob Gibson. Why not? Oh, it's 53 years ago. Everyone was different. They weren't lifting weights. They weren't taking Drugs. Okay. Whatever you say, dear. DeGrom is going to win the Cy Young. The number three second part of the season prediction is that Shohei Otani is going to hold on and lead Major League Baseball in home runs. The best starting pitcher the Angels have. And that's not saying much because they're starting pitching reeks of B.O. after a marathon in a crowd of thousands while cramped on a bus on the way back to retrieve your luggage. That's how bad the Angels starting pitching is. And the best pitcher, he's fine. He's fine. If it weren't Shohei Otani, by the way, he would not have started the All-Star game. But it's such a good story, he should have started the All-Star game. He's going to lead MLB in home runs. Not just that. Number two, he's also going to lead the American League and win the RBI title. 
It's really a two-part prediction. Otani will lead all of baseball in home runs to lead the American League in RBI. This is Shohei Otani. But the number one second half prediction, get ready. People get ready. Do you live in Houston or Boston or Chicago? Do you live in San Francisco, New York, or Milwaukee? I can't. I love that Milwaukee's getting so much attention. I cannot wait to talk about last night's game. If I don't buy the NFT, Coca, if that NFT does not exist of Giannis's block at the end of the game of the Phoenix Suns player, the number one pick in the draft, whose name escapes me, but I want to say it's Aiton, but I don't think that's right. Is it possible? That's Is it DeAndre Aiton? Anyway, he's a big man who got his shot blocks. That is his name. I am on point today, Coca, because you were so motivating this morning. This is what Coca said before the show started. He said, hey, try not to suck today. Thank you, Coca. That's some value-added producing. So if you live in Boston, Houston, Chicago, San Francisco, Milwaukee, or New York, guess what? You're going to win your division in baseball. All six teams leading their division right now, it's going to be six for six, are going to win the division. After 162 games, after another 73 games, the same six teams are going to be leading. I promise. Do you know what Coca doesn't have a problem with? There is one thing I can tell you. He does not have a problem expressing confidence. The guy has an ego and a way about him that just makes you think, wow, I want to work with him because he represents and can do everything I can't do. He knows what you want to hear. He knows what's trending. He knows how to make nothing personal better than it ever could have been, should have been, or would have been, and it's still getting better. And do you know why Coca can do that? Because he can express confidence. He can express you. Express is all new. It's a clothing company. And all about you with a fresh mix of casual, versatile, and super duper comfortable styles. Not that I'd know, because I haven't gotten the box yet. Trying to keep it casual for a night out with the boys? Go ahead. Eat your third. We did this one already, Coca. You want us to do it again just like this? Is that what Express.com wants us to do? All right, here we go. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh mix of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Trying to keep it casual for a night out with the boys? Go ahead. Eat that third and fourth serving of pasta because Express has you covered with comfort waist chinos and joggers, thereby making them one of the top revenue clothing companies in all of the United States because we don't have a problem with our third and fourth helping of pasta, do we? And then top it off with a little gelato and maybe a loaf of bread and two bottles of vino. Express has you covered with comfort waist chinos and joggers. Live a little and still feel comfortable in your clothes. Be on the lookout for great summer deals at express.com. Express. I don't like my habit, my phone habit. I'm definitely addicted to the dopamine that I get when the text goes off, when an alert happens. I don't want to miss anything because I want to be helpful to you and get you information about things that are happening. Part of the world we live in is an immediate rush to judgment. You read something, you don't even check to make sure that it's, although I do now because I got caught a few times by Coca retweeting a fake account. Oh, my God, this guy signed or didn't sign or this happened or that happened. And oh, missed it. It happens, right? So 
you have to really try not to rush your judgment. And our country, our society right now, we are the king and queen of RTJ. We all rush to judgment because it makes us feel better about what we're doing. We don't really care much about due process anymore. We don't really care about innocent until proven guilty. We just care about being first and we care about sort of schadenfraude, happiness at the misfortune of others. I'm not sure that's a great way to be. It makes for a funny song in a Broadway show called Avenue Q, but it just is not a great way to be. Rushing to judgment is a mistake. People are certainly rushing to judgment in the Richard Sherman situation. Richard Sherman, the famous defensive back, Super Bowl winning defensive back, played for the Seattle Seahawks and the Seattle Mariners. Uh, that's not correct. Back up, Coca. Richard Sherman, 20. We'll do it again. Just wipe it. It's fine. 20, 40, 69. Richard Sherman played for the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. And a phone alert came that Richard Sherman was in jail yesterday, being charged with burglary domestic violence. The rush to judgment is he's guilty, number one. He beat up his family, number two. And he stole stuff from his family, number three. You hear burglary, you think steal. First thing I think when I hear burglary is O.J. Simpson going to steal his own memorabilia back or Bonnie and Clyde. You hear domestic violence, you think Kareem Hunt, maybe. You think players who have been suspended, whether it's Chapman or Herman with the Yankees or Bruno Osuna, the closer. You just think about domestic violence. You think about movies you've seen, maybe Farrah Fawcett, The Burning Bed. How's that for a reference, Coca? The burning bed with Farrah Fawcett majors. But when you see it, you just say, oh, another player, another player. And I talk about statements a lot on this show. And I want to read a statement that came from the NFL Players Association. And the statement said, we were made aware of an arrest last night of one of our player leaders. He is on the executive leadership team for the players union, meaning he's involved in negotiations for collective bargaining. He's involved in any time there's union issues with owners. He is one of the faces of the labor relationship between the NFL and the NFLPA. We were made aware of an arrest last night of one of our player leaders. I don't know why they didn't name his name. It's okay to do it for an alleged domestic violence incident and have activated our domestic violence crisis protocol for the protection and support of everyone involved. We will continue to monitor events closely as more facts are made available to us. So that's a statement that you have ready to go. Players Association, the league, teams, the teams add a sense at the end. We will cooperate with Major League Baseball as they investigate. The NFL has a statement that's just like that, but they say we will begin to investigate. The union felt they had to respond because he was, was a leader in the union except they didn't quite dig deep enough to understand what the charges were. They came out before he had been arraigned where he was. And I'm escaped. It was he in Seattle. I believe he was in Seattle when this happened, Coca. And in Seattle, the, the law is pretty clear that when you are charged with any sort of felony, you are going to be put in jail before you get arraigned. You're not going to be let out. So you can say publicly, Hey, 
we are holding him without bail because that's what you do to monsters or to people who deserve it. But in this case, that's the law that until you get arraigned, if you are charged with a felony, you are going to be held without bail, but you're going to be put in front of a judge as quickly as possible. And he was put in front of a judge yesterday afternoon. And the thing about the Richard Sherman case that's worth noting is that as a free agent and as a executive, it doesn't matter to me whether he is guilty or innocent because he's not my player and I'm not going to make him my player. So Sherman, while he is going to appear in front of a judge on Thursday, I guess that's today. So it took a day to get a ju- him in front of a judge. That's outrageous, Coca. I thought he was going to appear yesterday afternoon. There is no reason why a judge cannot have an appearance. You can do it virtually these days. People should not be held without bail, without having the opportunity to be in front of a judge for over 24 hours. That's just wrong. That is wrong, Coca. I don't like that. The justice system needs to move faster. There's plenty of judges. There's plenty of ways to do Zoom plenty of ways to do all of those things. And so I must tell you that there are two parts of this story that I want to talk about. The first is the, le- the less important part, and that is where I stand as an executive. And you know I'm nothing personal. I give it to you straight. I'm not signing him. Whether he comes out of this with no charges, whether he comes out of this innocent, whether he's charged, not charged, I am trying to build a team and I am trying, knowing that there are going to be distractions throughout the course of a season. There's going to be things that come up that I don't know about, that I can't plan for, that I can't predict that I'm going to have to deal with. I'm going to have to use my experience and deal with them. And I'm going to have to hope that whatever that is does not ruin the clubhouse, ruin the locker room and have a quashing impact on our ability to win games and make the playoffs and win a ring. Why do I want to sign a player where there is baggage. And yes, I'm talking about the Dodgers and Trevor Bauer. Yes, I'm talking about any team in Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman is sick. I have no question about that. There was talk that he had had two bottles of alcohol, that he was threatening to hurt himself. He ended up in theory, we don't know, we'll find out. He may not have hurt or touched anyone in his family. The definition of burglary, domestic violence is just trying to get into a house of people, you know, people in your family, apparently trying to get into his in-laws house or his ex-wife's house or his current wife's house. We'll get the facts. But we already got the 911 call. Did you listen to that? I put it on Twitter. If you don't mind, please listen to the 911 call. It's three minutes, two and a half minutes. It's his wife. I don't know if it's his ex or his current wife calling the 911 and asking for help. I was so furious listening to that tape that I lost my mind. And the reason I was furious was not because of Richard Sherman and not because of the danger that his wife was in. I was furious and scared because of the danger that I could be in. I'm just admitting it to you. Most people won't admit stuff to you. You know I will. I'm always honest with you. What freaked me out about the 911 call is what if I ever have to call 911 and I get that operator? The operator who is rude, I don't really need an operator to be nice. Just send the police. Now, if I'm calling 911, I need help now, not later. Now, you need the date of birth of the guy who's about to kill me? No, I'm not going to give you the date of birth. And maybe he's not about to kill me. But if I'm calling 911, I'm scared that he could. Or I'm being burglared or buggered. 
I don't want 10 questions. I don't want to be told to calm down. Get me help now. I was absolutely freaked out about that 911 call. Again, what if I'm told by you at David P. Sampson on Twitter, and I don't mean to pump my Twitter there. That was just total habit that I did that. I'm sorry, because that's an appropriate time to pump at David P. Sampson on Twitter. The fact of the matter is, just listen to the 911 tape, would you please? Okay. Coca, we got to take a break. I don't know how many minutes we have left, but we got a bunch of stuff to get to. And I got to review a movie. So we're going to take a break. And after we've got to get to Trevor Bauer because we've got a Trevor Bauer update. We'll be right back. Please don't get lost in translation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet. Thank you for rating, reviewing, following, follow on Spotify. For whatever reason, the powers that be at CBS want like a thousand Spotify new followers every single day. So just get people to get on Spotify. Apparently, if you go on Spotify and you hit a button called follow, you end up following. Need a thousand a day. I don't know why. I think we get like close from Express if we get a thousand Spotify followers a day. So please do that to say nothing of helping us get nominated for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Check my Twitter on that too. Okay, we watch a movie every day on Nothing Personal. I spent $30, 30 additional dollars in addition to what I pay Disney. Basically, I pay for three minutes of Stephen A. Smith's salary by watching Black Widow. And you know what? I'm good with it. I really am good with it. You pay for Disney. I think they raised the price. Is it like $7.99 or $6.99, whatever it is? I'm happy to pay for it. I like the content. And then they put out movies that you sometimes get for nothing or not nothing for the regular monthly price, or you have to pay a premium because they're in the theater. I would pay double, bring five people over, charge them 10 bucks, give them popcorn, give them some licorice, some good and plenty, maybe some Skittles, maybe some dots, not dipping dots, regular dots, maybe a bottle of wine or a glass of spritzer and watch a movie. I watched Black Widow by myself, paid the 30 bucks, but I did eat a lot of candy. Uh, it's a movie about how Black Widow start, started. That's Scarlett Johansson. I hope that before the break, you got the Lost in Translation joke because she's Lost in Translation, one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. And she's also in a movie with the woman from Little Woman, Florence, uh-oh, Florence Pugh. Is it Florence Hugh or Florence Pugh? Damn it. And it's also, it's Pugh. And also David Harbour is in this movie. I loved it. The backstory made me very sad. I forgot to tell you this, Coco, before we started the show. Is the head of the Russian group of female assassins who he breeds 
Is that the guy who was in Jack Nicholson's group of bad guys in The Departed? I have this strange feeling it was, but it may not be, but it could be. Either way, there's a bad guy. It turns out that, am I right? Oh, my God, I nailed it. I was thinking about that the whole time watching Mr. French. Yes. For all of you people who know me, I have just confirmed for you what we talked about earlier in the show. There is zero reason that I have all these things in my head and I can't remember a great experience I had five years ago, four years ago and two months ago. But I can remember all the traumatic experiences I had in the last 53 years. Yes, that's what 275 bucks an hour gets you. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. What were we talking about, Coca? Hold on. I lost my place. Help me. Help me, Rhonda. Oh, Black Widow. Okay. So Scarlett Johansson plays Black Widow. Who knew she was a young girl? Who knew that she was part of this Russian sort of thing to become a trained assassin? And who knew that she could do all the things that she could do? And then she became an Avenger. Who knew? Who knew that Florence Pugh was an action hero? Not me. What about Rachel Weiss, who's James Bond's wife, is the mother of Black Widow, not biological, or is she? Or is she not? $30 to watch Black Widow. It's worth every penny. It's like a 135-minute movie. So let's even say it's two hours, but it's more than that. And you got to stay till the end of the credits. You have to watch the credits, even though most of you don't like watching the credits, but you know very well for Avenger movies and Marvel movies, you better watch the credits because, uh-oh, Yada, yada. The credits are definitely worthy. Credit worthy. Is he credit worthy? Who knows what I'm talking about? Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're right. Talking about nothing. Black Widow. All right. Nothing personal pick of the day. Did you watch the Bucks game? I don't care if you don't know Milwaukee. Milwaukee is in Wisconsin, not Minnesota. It's in Wisconsin. Milwaukee is a great city. You know how much I love it. You know how much I love the people. You know how much I love the sports. You know how much I love Yelich, who plays for the Brewers. You know how much I loved the Brewers growing up. Everybody from their team doctor to their manager to their owner, former commissioner Bud Selig, their new owner, a guy named Mark Antonazio, their president, Rick Schlesinger. Just great people. Great city, great beer, great cheese, great culture. Great art museum, great lakefront, great festival of music, Summerfest. What's bad about Milwaukee? Five hours from Eagle River, an hour and a half from the greatest college and university in the country, University of Wisconsin-Madison, the number one ranked school in football, basketball, economics, and fun. So they're in the NBA finals, and they've got maybe the best player, two-time MVP, Giannis. And Giannis had a play in last night's game. If you're not watching the finals, please do. Do not listen to the rhetoric and bull crap that this is the worst finals ever. I don't know who would say that except for people who are jealous trying to say, oh, the Heat were in the finals last year in the bubble. And that was a way better finals, better crisper basketball. If you can't appreciate watching Giannis play or Devin Booker, then you're not really a sports fan or a basketball fan. Giannis on the offensive side, the defensive side made the block, best block I've ever seen. There was a heat guy, Bam Adebayo, in last year's playoffs, who had a block 
a shot block that I thought was the best I'd ever seen. And now I realize it may have been, but it's been usurped already. The block he made in last night's game to help save the game. But it turns out the Bucks covered. I thought the Suns would cover. I really did, but they didn't. We're 94 and 76. What about people going crazy about Devin Booker? Here's the scene. Referees in basketball know exactly the score of the series. They know exactly the number of fouls that each player has. They keep track. They do not want superstars to foul out of the game. It is not in the best interest of the NBA for Devin Booker to foul out of the game with four minutes left of a close game, even though he's got five fouls. He had to sit the majority of the fourth quarter with five fouls and the NBA only gets six. Came back with about four and a half minutes to go. And for whatever reason, with three and a half minutes to go, there was a breakaway layup and he tries to stop the layup by holding on to Giannis. Or it wasn't Giannis, actually. Giannis got the rebound. It was somebody else. And they did. It was holiday. Thank you, Coca. And they did not call a foul. And everyone on Twitter went crazy. Everyone in Pfizer forum went crazy. They started yelling, refs, you suck, like they were New Yorkers or Philadelphians. Come on, Milwaukee. We're better than that. It's not that the refs suck. The refs aren't going to foul out their best player, just like they're not going to foul out your best player. That's what they're told to do. Spoiler alert, they're told to do it. I always wanted umpires in MLB, actually, to do the same thing. Never to throw out managers in a playoff game. Not to throw out the best players. Not to throw out the best pitchers. Umpires, though, are so out of it in Major League Baseball. We sit and tell them all the time, we want a longer series. Let's make sure that we give the team that's down 3-1 a chance to win so we can get back to par. Pay attention. Never works. Umpires don't care. NBA referees, totally different. Totally different. They need a long series. They needed the Bucs to win that game. Therefore, they wanted Devin Booker to foul out. Get rid of Devin Booker and the Bucs can win. Wait a minute. My whole theory is wrong. They could have gotten rid of Devin Booker, but didn't. Does that mean they wanted the Suns to go up three to one? Nope. The number one overarching theme in basketball with referees, the number one is you do not foul out the best players on the court. It happens from time to time, but if you can possibly avoid it, you avoid it. Have you ever known, if you watch an NBA game, this is a good one. And I've gotten a chance to speak to referees about this. A referee named Joey Crawford, whose brother, Jerry Crawford, was an MLB umpire. That's quite a successful family in that vocation. In basketball, when two guys go up for a rebound, three guys go up for a rebound, two for one team, one for the other, and the team with two fouls the guy with the team with one, and they know the number of fouls on a player. One guy's got two fouls, one guy's got four fouls. Every time without fail, they will give the foul to the guy with two fouls, not the guy with four, so he has five. They give the foul to the guy with two, so he has three. Watch for that. I promise you I'm not wrong. It may not be 100% of the time. It's only 99.9. All right, we got a pick of the day for today. There's one baseball game. Baseball's back for the second part of the 2021 Major League season brought to you by LoanHomeDepot.org. Net. We got Red Sox-Yankees. Shocking. There'll be 
furious that they're playing tonight, by the way. Part of the new collective bargaining agreement is that they had to. Is that there's going to be a game, a single game on Thursday night of All-Star Week. So two teams, and it will rotate, two teams get one fewer day of their break. Players do not like that. They like the break. They need the break. Imagine if you're in the All-Star game, you're playing Tuesday night in Denver. You got to fly right back to New York if you're those Red Sox and Yankee players. And you've got to have a practice Wednesday because we always have a practice the day before the break ends. So the Yankees are hitting Wednesday. Maybe they excuse the All-Stars who are flying from Colorado, but maybe not. And then you come in Thursday and you got a game. Yankees, Red Sox. Red Sox are leading off with Rodriguez. Red Sox are going to win. The Yankees have to win. But the Red Sox are actually underdogs. This is a must win for the Yankees. You cannot start the season, second part of the season, with a loss to the Red Sox. You're too far back. Therefore, the nothing personal pick of the day is the Red Sox. You are welcome, New York fans. You know who's not starting the second part of the season? Trevor Bauer. Trevor, you're still on administrative leave. It was announced yesterday that his administrative leave, which was due to expire tomorrow, has now been extended to July 27th. It's death by a thousand cuts. They're doing it seven days at a time. But now they've said, you know what? Let's do it until July 27th. Why they picked July 27th? I don't even know what day of the week that is. That's not a Friday because July 30th is a Friday. So I guess they're extending it by an extra 11 days. There's no rhyme or reason except for MLB said, hey, I think our investigation could be done by July 27th. Or they spoke to the authorities in Pasadena who said, we expect to know by then whether we will be charging him. I don't believe I don't believe any of those things are right. I just think that they had an agreement that they were going to have the leave last until July 27th. Now, there could be a hearing. People are saying there's a hearing scheduled for July 23rd. It could happen. It could get delayed. You just don't know. But there is one thing that we do know for sure guaranteed. Trevor Bauer will not be in a Dodgers uniform until they figure out what is happening with his legal issue in Pasadena and MLB finishes its investigation, finishes its investigation, and then decides to either suspend him or not suspend him. That is the only time his leave will end. So stop hoping that Bauer is pitching again for the Dodgers if you're a Dodgers fan or hoping he doesn't pitch again if you are a Giants fan or if you're a fan of the woman, which is what you should be. You should hope that that's what the focus is, is on her safety and women's safety everywhere. Wait to see. These extensions for administrative leave will only end when Trevor Bauer's suspension begins. You wait to see. Well, that's the show for Thursday, July 15th. Remember, it's just business. This is nothing personal.